The following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. So first we'll start with the medical use, then we'll get to the other uses. So, so, uh, so as far as medical is concerned, like we said, there are 20 states who now legalize marijuana. And the question is, again, is it just a, you know, a way for people to use it recreationally? Or is it truly medical? Like, there are clearly people who do need it, there's no question. Um, and, and it does work. People, again, I don't know if there have been any valid studies, not in this country. There have been another, like, in, you know, in, in, Small studies. in others in Europe, there's been studies, not, not any American studies. But the point is, if, assuming, let's, for argument's sake, that it does help, even just for pain, as you're saying, not even, not talking about curing uh, tumors or things like that, which is our question. So there's no question, in Jewish law, there's a concept called pikuach nefesh, which I'm sure we've discussed here in the past, which is, the purpose is, which literally translates as preservation of life. Um, and that overrides everything in the Torah, as we discussed many times. So meaning any issue, whether it's legal or not, would be irrelevant. Now, it's if, this c you can save someone's life, assuming, um, even get before you get to the pain aspect, um, you can save a life with by using marijuana in any form. Um, there's no question, as a Jew, you can do that, even if it means you know go doing something illegal, because in in the context of pikuach nefesh, as they put here, preservation of human life is the duty that takes precedence over virtually all other mitzvah. So besides the three, besides the three big ones, which we've discussed in the past, which is murder idolatry and adultery, you can violate any law of the Torah to save a life. And this is based on a verse in Leviticus, which says, bahem, you shall live by the statutes. And um, it says, the Torah says, you shall live by my statutes. And the Talmud says, the, the, it interprets that to mean that any mitzvah or any commandment, any ritual, that will in any which way endanger a person's life, so then you, you not only are you not exempt from that mitzvah, you're not allowed to perform the mitzvah. You can't say, I'm going to be uh, more religious, I'm going to be firmer, and I'm going to do it anyway. Even though I don't have to, I'm going to do it. If the doctor tells you, as we discussed in the past many times, not to eat on Yom Kippur, if your physician says it's dangerous for you to eat on Yom Kippur, you're prohibited from eating on Yom Kippur. Not just you don't have to fast on Yom Kippur, you're not allowed to fast. And if you do fast, you're an idiot. Talmud says you're what's called a pious fool. Okay? You're, you're a pious fool. You're not... You know, if some, the Thomas example is, uh, you know, and maybe we can relate to this more. Someone says, you know, there's a woman's drowning, and the guy says, listen, I can't touch women. I'm not jumping in to save her. So Thomas says, you're an idiot. You're a pious fool. Right? You don't, uh, you, you don't, when it comes to saving a life, there's no cancer. The whole Torah is thrown out the window. We violate Shabbat, we violate Yom Kippur, whatever it takes to save human life. And that's an explicit, that itself is one of the 613 commandments. So clearly that would apply here also when you're dealing with uh, marijuana and dealing with the question of a drug that might be illegal in some places or and if it can save a life, there's no question. You need to, it's a mitzvah to use it, okay? And you can quote me on it. Quote your rabbi if you go to court, okay? So now the question then becomes what about when you're dealing with um, just palliative care, as he's saying, pain, um, taking care of pain or cases where it's not saving a life. So how does it work in those cases? So it's important to know that um, in, what's a, an amazing thing, Judaism says emotional um, illness, or which that's really and technically one could argue pain is the question, is it physical or emotional, whatever it is, even if it's only emotion, purely emotional, it's, it's, it's considered an illness. Pain is considered an illness in, in Jewish law, tantamount to any physical illness. 
So, for example, we might even violate Shabbat if it's someone's in extreme pain on Shabbat. Um, there's no question for many things we consider it a full-fledged illness and therefore um, we're going to permit many things and we permit for just as much as for any physical illness. That's an important thing to understand. Can um, I right? for a second? Yeah, sure. Obviously, there's a, you can override, you can take medicine on Shabbat for illness or pain. Yes. But even in this case, if there's maybe an alternative, you say you can still light up on Shabbat? No, so of course, if there's, if there's always an alternative and, and it's easily accessible, meaning you don't, we're not going to, let's say, uh, you know, a guy could say, a guy, someone's, uh, I don't know what the case is, they need a, having a heart attack. You don't say, well, you can walk to the hospital instead of drive on Shabbat, right? Obviously, if it's going to, in any which way, impede healing the illness, then you don't. You, I mean, if you, if we, don't we don't say, even when there's two alternatives, let's say, the, the one, example the Talmud says is, is good, someone needs is a fruit. It says, even if 20 people, he only needs one apple on Shabbat. The doctor says he has to have this apple. Even if 50 people are running to get the apple, they all should violate Shabbat because you don't know which one is going to end up being the right one. So therefore, when it comes to choices, Shabbat, we still violate Shabbat. Um, again, if it's an emergency situation, if clearly the doctor says, listen, before Shabbat, you can do this or this, you don't choose the one to violate Shabbat. So, so that's really... So, but if it's in any question, even if there's a 1% chance that this, by choosing the lesser prohibition, so to speak, might impede the healing, in any which way, then you, then you don't you don't mess around. When it comes to health, we don't mess around. So, okay, and you, I'm just going to take it, you said 1%, so there's a, I think we might have talked about it here, the cancer doctor, the Breshnikov guy, or Kuzinski, we didn't talk about it here, but... Anyway, okay, I'm not, whether you like him or don't, but if he's got a 1% chance and he says, okay, you know, this is what, how I do it, and it's eating pork every day for the next 30 days, even if maybe 99% yes. people think 100%. he's crazy. If, if it he, could save a life. The only thing is, the difference, he's talking about specifically there's a, there's a well, with there's the same kid. Like that. I, no, I, 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 I don't mean anything by him. He no, might no. be great. I don't know. Yeah. But I heard there's controversy. Right, so there's a, there's that, a so. doctor here in Houston. His name is uh, Leonard Brzezinski, some Russian guy who supposedly claims with, it's called neoplastins. He cures tumors. That, that other people, other doctors he don't do. So I mean, how, yeah. how do? How, but so let me so so explain the question. Yeah. Courts have issued a lot of rulings on yeah. junk science versus what's readily accepted science. So yes. well, is he readily accepted? No, he's no. clearly not readily accepted. Because but anyway, no one in the medical world will it, say it, he's. he's right, everyone says he's a quack. It's not one percent. So, there are patients, so, anecdotal no. stories, patients who claim he yielded them. Doctors have given up hope. It's all anecdotal. So no, FDA never proved it. No, so let me explain. So it's okay. important not. So the difference, so, the, so it's a very good question. Scott's asking, what happens when you have a 1% chance this thing might work? And even this might be applicable to, to marijuana also. But it could endanger, on the other hand, there's a 1% chance it might help him, but it also might kill him. Which is, Brzezinski is the other thing, is many doctors will say he's killed their patients by, by giving this stuff. And he charges $150,000 to see him. To kill you, um, but the point is. <laughs> but the point is, listen. In the case, for example, we had this story recently with this little boy here who had the doctor said he has, he has, you know, three days. You know, he gave him initially. Initially, this was six months ago. He gave him six days to live when he went to MD Anderson <coughs> with his tumors. He's still alive. It's six months later, he's not doing too well. But the point is, so in a case like that where there's no risk. Meaning normally you have to weigh the risks and the benefits. And the question is, 
when do you when the do you have to know that the risks outweigh the benefits? Do the benefits outweigh the risks? Okay, that's normally with with a person who could live. When you're dealing with someone who's terminally ill, whose doctors gave six weeks to live, so then there's really no risks there. Although, I mean, still in Jewish law, you say even one day of life, you know, you don't. If someone kills someone who only has a day to live, he's still a murderer. But when someone's terminal and the, you're obviously in those situations, you can take more risks because that's called chayesha. It's called um, short-term life, is what we call it in ethics. Okay, is what the Talmud calls it. So when you have short-term, you have um, risk versus short-term life. Obviously, we're going to allow you to take much more risk in that situation. So let's say in a case like this, where the doctors gave up hope and he said he has six days to live, so maybe you can argue Brzezinski. You know, what do you have to lose besides a hundred thousand dollars? I'm saying you have tech, as far as medically, as far as life is concerned. So it would be the same, a similar question here, which is why it's a good point, is let's say the marijuana is dangerous. Let's say this treatment, medically, and I'm just for argument's sake, I don't know if they say this, but they say this treatment with marijuana is dangerous. So then we might only allow you to do that if there's the, per- the patient's terminal. And that's what I put. If you see the next response in here, I found this fascinating response. It was written in 1877, not referring to marijuana, but referring to palliative care with, with morphine, um, where many times today also this, they do this in hospitals. They'll give the patient, they allow him to take morphine, so much morphine where basically he's committing suicide. He's a person, the patient is in extreme pain, and he needs the morphine. So you, usually they only let you click, let's say, once every 10 minutes, you know, with the morphine. They'll allow the patient to just keep on clicking until basically, more or less, the patient might be killing himself. So he, uh, this is the response in the study discussing that. He says here, Jewish law permits the administration of heavy doses of morphine as a palliative um, for severe pain. The relief of pain is in and of itself, this is by the way, it's a paraphrasing, it's not an exact translation, <coughs> is in and of itself a legitimate medical objective, as we mentioned before. Pain in Jewish law is considered, um, it's considered illness. We don't view pain as, you know, pain. Well, guys, in pain, but we consider it a full-fledged illness, and is it in of itself a legitimate medical objective, a goal that can justify the use of controlled substances in dosages that might carry the risk of life-shortening consequences, as morphine in this case, or marijuana maybe in other cases. But you're saying you can't really OD marijuana, but but there could be risks involved, especially for a child, I think. Provided that the goal of treatment is not to shorten the patient's life, but to alleviate his or her suffering. So, meaning will allow and this is, I've had many cases where patients, families have called me up that this will allow, again, in a case of terminal, or patient's terminal to p- supply morphine where there's a risk where the patient can die just from an overdose of morphine but if, again, that can't be the goal the goal can't be to commit suicide or to, to put the patient out of his misery the goal is to alleviate the pain that's the goal, okay, if it happens to be this, there's a risk involved of the patient dying, we still will allow that we are the patient's terminal but not if the patient is not terminal, meaning someone just has pain, but they're not terminal. In that case, we're risking long-term life, that we won't allow. Short-term life, like I was saying, a terminal case, that's a terminal in Jewish law means where the patient has, the doctors say, really, they never know, but less than a year to live. Okay, less than 12 months. That's considered terminal. Well, that's what he says. The undertaking of measure, and that's why I underlined here, of measures by a physician aimed at reducing suffering falls under the category of medicine. And therefore, basically, every medical procedure has risks involved. Um, you know, whatever you're going to do today in medicine, almost everything, every surgery has risks. Everything has certain risks, obviously, some more than others. Some risks are negligible, but there's risks in everything. Um, you know, so I, uh, I just went to the doctor last week. He said, I need to take vitamin D. I came home, and my daughter said, 
Vitamin D, you know, it increases your risk of heart attack. You take vitamin D. <laughs> you didn't know that? Like, he says, you can't take it. So I looked it up. It's true. But obviously, you know, so everything has risk. The barbecue is uh, fried chicken. Fried chicken is risk. Um, of course, but, you know. So, so. Don't tell your daughter what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear. You are taking it or you're not taking it? I'm, ta- I'm taking it, but I, this is like the third time you prescribed it. And I stopped, you know, I take it for a few weeks and I usually end up getting lazy. But uh, so so the point is, <laughs> so so this truth, this response in there is very important in the sense of, again, he's saying for medical purposes, pain is, is so it would be sufficient reason to treat someone even if there's risks involved. Um, in in the, in treating some for pain. So again, I don't know all the risks. I don't know the facts about marijuana. How much risk is involved? You're saying it's very hard to OD on marijuana. Um, but again, if you're dealing with children, there clearly are some other side effects and risks. And we'll talk about some of them here. But um, the the question is, in, in, if it's for medical purposes, clearly for saving a life or for alleviating pain, there's no question it would be allowed. Now, obviously, if you live in a state where it's illegal, so if you're saving a life, that overrides everything. The concept of, as we discussed in the past, dina de machuta dina, that the law of the land, we as observant Jews have to observe the law of the land too. That's part of our, that's part of, uh, that's a mitzvah, that's a rabbinical injunction. But the question is, if it's just to alleviate pain, so how, where do you draw the line? So I would say, clearly in cases like that, you probably, it's probably permitted. Um, if you, someone would ask me, I would say it's permitted even just to alleviate pain, it would be permitted to violate the law of the land um, if necessary. Again, it has to be done under a doctor's guidance. You don't want to just be, you know, shooting yourself up or whatever it is. And then Shabbos too? So it doesn't matter, I mean... Uh, so again, for Shabbos, if, if it's extreme pain, usually you get a Gentile to light up. You have to get get the nurse to do it or whatever it is. That's what we work with every... Again, if it's an emergency, you know... But, but like medical use of marijuana in Texas where it's illegal, you're not doing it under the guidance of a doctor. Can, can you? Well, you could have a family, friend, or a doctor. I know some of those if do, you need. Do they do that? Well, I'll tell you. Do Texas uh, doctors do that? When I was advised to do that, I couldn't see that doctor anymore because I'm tested every time I go in. I pee a cup. And what I have a problem with is not doing that. They charge them $2,500 to insurance every time I do that. But see, it would come back positive, and then he can't, he'll lose his license. So right. No, so I'm yeah. saying, that you, I'm talking so about, you, can't really you have a friend or family, or a, you know, an uncle, or someone like that, a brother-in-law who's a physician. Who can He's not going to lose his license if you're a drug user. Well, drug users are all No, but if it's under his now, guidance. He well, if, if he told you to do that, sure. Right. I but guess if he, he's if concerned. He, he's concerned about those issues. Okay, but there are drug users showing up all over town every day. Right, but the point is, if it's his patient, no, if it's his patient, then he prescribed it. Well, maybe he's, maybe he's, he's prescribing other right. drugs to you. When you go in, and he just said, "You got to clear your system." Okay. Anyway, you need uh, to have a brother-in-law, uncle, or some someone sure who who can help you out. Um, <laughs> and if you need someone, most I can doctors, just because you're a doctor, that doesn't mean you know how yeah, to no, use marijuana. They, true, but they can do the research in real journals as opposed to me going on the internet and, and, uh, you know, and, and know knowing you. what's legitimate and what's not. That's the point. <laughs> well, they all go on the internet. I just don't think they know. Yeah, so I, don't think again, you're, I, I think you're... Yeah, it's not I, a, I think you're confusing some different issues here. In Texas, it's against the law. 
Wait, wait, so you're talking about the use of medical marijuana where it's legally sanctioned? No, 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 I, I, no but I am saying, let's say, in, even in a place like Texas, the question is, because normally we said in Jewish law, well, no I have to keep the law of the land. What I'm saying is, if you need marijuana, I think you're allowed to violate the law of the land. But no doctor in Texas is going to prescribe yes, marijuana. Yes, that's true. They will lose their but license for that. That's true. Not, not But, like what I'm saying is, if you it. have a friend who can help you out, you may choose what what you're saying, if I may, is one may choose to use medical medical may choose to use marijuana for medical purposes, notwithstanding they live in, in a state where it's outlawed. Yes. One may make that decision. Yes. Justify Halachically, not halachical. legally. Halachical. Legally, you're going to go to jail. Just as Maybe. you can, But to me, it's all. It, it doesn't matter whether you're choosing to use marijuana or any other uh, uh, drug or instrument that alleviates pain. You're allowed to do so if it properly right. alleviates pain. Yeah, Period. true. It, it but doesn't matter yes. if it's marijuana. Yes. They may all be illegal. You're right. But what I'm saying is, is obviously if there's high risk to that drug, inside of it you need to, you want to do it under the guidance of some, someone who knows what to do. You, you That's should. my point. You, yes. you should, you want. But yeah, you no, I'm saying halakhically you're required because you can't take an extreme risk when you don't know what you know. You don't know what you do. Just as prescription you know, it's not, you're saying, it's not limited it's not to marijuana. It's not structured, right, or, or I guess regulated, you don't know what you're buying. I mean, I, exactly. I think I'll, one other thing, pain is one thing, it's invisible, it's subjective, people do a lot of things, but in this CNN piece, there are people, there's some type of epilepsy that's really dreadful that these little kids have, and it's killing them. <laughs> and these people did have to pick up and move to Colorado, from say New Jersey or, or this and that, they, they had to pick up with their families. I mean, that was a right, life yeah, right So that's a whole other issue than just smoking some pot to alleviate pain. And right, that's more serious. So in that case, yeah, there's no the question. Law. You, yeah. Like we said, if it's life, and you clearly overrides everything. So that becomes the issue, I guess. You know, if you're saying that, would halakhali be required to move? If you're saying that you need to take it, because your health, you need to take care of your health for then should you move? No, As so opposed I'm to trying to break the law in Texas, maybe you shouldn't be moving. You don't, no, I'm saying you don't have to. Uh, breaking, first of all, it's questionable. The law of the United States. Yeah, right, and that's, that's right. where <laughs> it gets hairy, because even though you're in Colorado, yeah, you're still federal. breaking the law of the federal United laws. States. So, I, I hear, but... Yeah, well, but again, you do, but right, again, you're allowed to break the law to save a life. It is the law of the United States, period. Yes. It is. Period. But some things you supersede the state. Yeah, okay. State, so state, 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 state law does not supersede, supersede federal, federal law. No, it doesn't yeah, supersede. You've got a federal, whether you agree with it or not, right. you have a federal law. That you may, there are a lot of cases where there, there are different laws. Federal law is controlling. It doesn't mean that they're enforcing it, but they're, federal they're law, not. I understand, but you are violating federal law. Mm -hmm. And you're clearly knowing that, that you're doing so. Right? There can't be any doubt. See, and that's mind. where I got to have the question in California. And I don't know, Colorado is just, you can walk in without anything. In California, if you go to the clinic and they give you for sleep or whatever and they write the prescription, how is that the doctor not responsible? How are they doing? I, that, that's what I don't understand. 
I mean, responsible. It's pretty mean if you have a car accident. Prescriptions right. in, Cal in California. Right. Right. They're allowed to do that. Yeah. But under California law. Yeah. Well, they're licensed. Not. They're licensed under California. That's right. Law. Yeah. What's the problem? What are you concerned? California they're, li they're licensed yeah. under California. Yeah. Each state yeah, they, licenses they do their own doctor, right. so he's not violating California, California law. Right. He still may be violating federal law. Right. For prescribed. Sorry to get off. Okay. So. So I found another fascinating response, and this was, this is, this is a s around a 15-volume set from Moshe Feinstein. All the questions he used to write down, all questions that were asked for him. It's called Igros Moshe, the letters of Moshe, before email, so you actually write them, believe it or not. So, uh, so he has, in 1973, he has a question here discussing marijuana, believe it or not. Someone asked him this question, um, and it's, uh, this is 1973, and he... So I, I'm not going to, I guess I can just translate some of it. I have his points here. So he says, He says, this thing that he heard that some yeshiva guys started smoking chashish, and then in parentheses he has marijuana in Hebrew letters. Um, so he says, So he prohibits it, and then he goes on to explain why it's prohibited. Now it's important to understand the context here. Um, he had a yeshiva himself, and the... See, so many times this is, I guess, I don't know if this happens in Western law, I guess to a certain extent it does, but there are certain things that uh, when it comes to the courts, even though you might not find legal grounds to prohibit or permit something, but you need, you have to go in a certain direction. It's clear that you have to say something. So in this case, it's clear from this response, and, and the, as you'll see, the, the things he, the reasons he says to prohibit it, there's nothing really, you know, so meaty. It's sort of like more, uh, yeah, as we'll see, nice things. But he obviously had to say it's prohibited at the time. Um, it was after the 60s, and, and a lot of the culture was spreading into the, into the yeshivas. So obviously, you know, when you come to rabbi of the stature, he's going to have to say it's prohibited. But as you'll see, it's really, there's nothing here that can tell you that's, you know, so, uh, so prohibited, as we'll see. So he, so he, has, he actually goes through, he says, nine reasons. That's another way you know that it's not really so source when someone has to give nine reasons to prohibit something. <laughs> so clearly, he's uh, scratching the bottom of the barrel. So he says like this, he says, um, and again, this is recreation, for recreational purposes. He doesn't discuss medical in those days. I don't know if they used it for medical, medicinal purposes. Um, so he says like this, he says, num reason number one is, he says obviously he, he says it affects the person's body, it weakens your body, and that's prohibited in Jewish law. As we're going to see, there's a law, the Torah says you have to take care of yourself health-wise. So he says the fact that it physically weakens you, and I'm not sure what exactly it means. Like that. Um, maybe you can help us out. Does it, does it fit? People with experience here can help us. Um, uh, people, I, I smoked it, but I never inhaled. So, so he says, he says here, it, it physically weakens you. Um, Aval, he says, and that's number one. And there's a prohibition, he says, of taking, you have to take care of your body. The Torah says, I quoted it in the next quote, it says, you shall be very careful regarding yourselves. It's a verse in Deuteronomy, it says, the Talmud interprets that verse to mean that we have, we have an obligation as Jews to take care of our health. And therefore, anything which would impede your health in any which way, and someone mentioned, like you said, smoking tobacco would be probably worse after the Surgeon General's report. Um, so that would also be prohibited according to biblical prohibition. Most authorities today would say that smoking is biblically prohibited, smoking tobacco, because we know today it, it how, harms how your body. How do you distinguish that from drinking? 
Well, that, yeah, that. No, no, I'm saying well, drinking. Obesity? Obesity no, one second. The drink, that's a good question. But the drinking, no one says, listen, obviously weakens you. And he's, you're right. A lot of the things he's going to say applies to drinking. Absolutely. But I'm saying no one says drinking is harmful to your health. Obviously, in excessive levels. But meaning tobacco, well, the studies. No, I'm saying no, tobacco, it's very well, clear. People who smoke have lung cancer, emphysema, heart, you know, heart you know, all those things. You know, the whole Surgeon General's report. They don't have those. It's not drinking is something in moderation is good for you. No one says smoking in moderation is good for you. Today, at least. Maybe in, in the 60s, it did. In the 50s. Same, same lung well, you can control how okay, much. Question, how they say it's not as bad as You can control yourself from drinking. drinking. You know, you know what proof is. You have a measured alcohol amount, and you know what your limit are. You can drink, you know, you drink one cup, or, excuse me, one ounce. No, it doesn't yeah, but you can you. say the same thing with marijuana. Can, oh, so 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 marijuana. Can, can you smoke a marijuana and but not have Why do you have to it? smoke it? You can get it baked in a brownie, and you. Yeah. Can, uh, it, it, you if your issue is yeah. controlling the amount and quality, that's different than whether you can use it or not. But can it control so the effect on you? I don't know. You can't. You don't don't every alcohol has different effects on different people. That's right. But you know what your level is. This person. No, but you're saying it's possible for someone to know their level. I mean, that's really... So a you know your limits of glass. But okay. Well, if you could just smoke a half a Well, let's say that off. I could... But, but no, you're, people would know. People would smoke. Well, you've no, figured that out after the first time you've yeah. done it, right? After one brownie, you figure it out. always smoking the same stuff. You don't know... Well, but, yeah. but, but that's a different... Let's that's, say I could. Let's say I got exactly what I wanted, and I could control the quality and the substance. Yeah. Uh, giving out samples at the end. And I knew... <laughs> I knew that, brownies. that half a brownie was what was good and appropriate. Yeah. I don't have to smoke. It doesn't have to affect my lungs. Mm -hmm. Those little kids aren't smoking. They've got that's oil. They yeah, like oil. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not. The little kids are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. an oil. Well, but now we're talking about recreational. Right. So yeah, we're not. Yeah. So if I want to have half a brownie, you know, Friday nights with, with my Shabbos dinner. Yeah, if it doesn't affect you, so you're right. That's why, that's why I'm Arf. saying yeah. Arf. Arf. this response, um, that's what I'm saying. It's How not different is that from having a glass of wine? Of it's not different. I don't think it's any different well, at all. It's not different at all. No. Rabbi, I mean, it's well um, used and studied and everything in Israel, I, I think. And, uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What? Marijuana. It's hashish, yeah. yeah. Marijuana THC. In Israel, is uh, they call it hashish over there. They, they oh, so really? let me just finish yeah, this. Yeah, this this reasons. So Moshe says like this. Number number one, he says affects the person physically. Number two, he says mentally it affects you. Now, what's the problem with affecting you mentally? Thank you. Um, what now affects you mentally? Obviously, get high. What's the matter with that? Getting high is a good thing, right? So it gets back to what we said originally. Of Hirsch says on the on the pasuk in this week's parsha that Judaism is about clarity of mind. So you, some people might say, spiritually, I don't, it's better. Get high, you can serve God in uh, different levels than you've ever, ever, ever served Him before, right? But, uh, but Judaism is not, again, it's not about, um, you know, people do use, might say, uh, certain sex getting high and that they can come closer to God that way. But that's not, Judaism is about clarity of mind, as we said. So he says that, on the contrary, Judaism says when, as the Pasuk says in Pasha Trini, that when you're intoxicated, you can't do the service. You can't pray. You can't serve God. You can't do the service in the tabernacle. You can't have any halachic rulings as a rabbi when you're intoxicated. It's the same concept here. So once, when a person's high, they're now exempt from its vote. Actually, you can't pray, as we said. If you did pray when you're high, you have to pray again. Okay? Because you haven't fulfilled your prayer. So getting high... He's putting yourself, he explains, in a situation that you're now going to be exempt from mitzvot. Look what he says in number 
He says prevents from praying properly, prevents from studying Torah properly. Um, number five, affects the proper performance of mitzvot. You're not going to be able to, to do what you're able to do when you're of sane mind. Okay? So certain things, he says, you know, you're going to be putting on your tefillin, you're going to be wrapping it on your wrong arm. Right? You're going to be wrapping it around your head. Okay? So, so you need, so he says it can affect the proper, well, no, if you get high enough. Sure. He says, uh, so that's, that's his key point. No. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. angels. It's got to be very similar to tobacco. That's the only other thing. No, I mean, but I tobacco, you don't get high. I disagree. Tobacco. I disagree. I disagree. Why? When I smoke a cigarette now, I get high. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. you can. You okay, can I, 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 Scott, yeah. I'm Scotty, let's be honest. That's because your brain is already fried. That's because your brain is already fried. Well, that may be true. But what I'm saying is, so, so if I continued to smoke, okay, I could get, then get through a half and then a whole cigarette, and then I could keep smoking, and I would be used to it, and I would. So, I, just like somebody. You say marijuana is no different. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Well, I, I, I don't don't know. Know. It gets yeah, your body into such a state that you can't function without it. Well, that's, maybe that's, that's, that's something else. That's the tipping well, that's point. That's something else. That's not what he's saying. He's just saying it affects your mind. So you can't, you're not gonna, you can't because perform mitzvahs when you don't have clarity of mind. You can't perform just like yeah. well, well, right. It's the same so thing for for wine. Yeah, hundred percent. You probably can't pray effectively if you're in such in pain either. It's true. So no, again, we're not talking about point. medical. Here we're talking about recreation. Right, right, right. Right. Switch from the medical to recreation. Does he have something about tobacco too? Does he say? Well, actually, it's funny. He has a lot of response about tobacco. He doesn't prohibit it. In those days, it was written before the certain. Okay, so now people it, many I know, times. I know we can't him. skip forward, but skip to Colorado. What's he going to say when it's legally? I, I I really believe he's saying this because it was illegal yes. in 1973. Like I said, if it was legal in 1973, what's he going to say? He's going to. So what I'm asking is, in California and in Colorado, are we now posking differently? Can, can, can we go? Yeah. yeah. Hey, actually, that's All how right, it started. Yeah, baby. That's I mean, how no, it started. I got a call from David Zolkin. From David Zolkin. So he's a. I got a call. Partying, I actually got a call from there? a physician in Fort Colorado. That's how this all started. No, he called me to ask me a question about what, how, what's the halacha, and um, that's oh, how it started. Really? David Zolkin. Yeah. Yeah. He called me up. I mean, he said, what is it? the recreational so users that they're, they're, they're slant that they're going to give you that they. Okay. It, look, it relaxes me. I'll okay. Like do you know, Rabbi? It, you know, a couple hits a day here and there. Scott, it's not killing anybody. Do you know, Rabbi, he's going to tell you to take a shot before you go diving? Now, here. Yeah, of course. They do it on Saturday morning. I mean, not Well, maybe in between, in between, in between, after the Torah reading, have a little kid. Yeah, that's after, after the, that's after Shachri. No, but you're wrong. People do. Might be wrong later if you want. So, but no, you go up on Saturday. You go up on a Wednesday morning. Who's going to? You going to find Rabbi? Going to tell you to take a shot before you? We do lachaims afterwards. Afterwards, not before davening. You're saying it. You're talking about oh, you know. I'm saying it's rabbis. Rabbis going to do that in the morning before davening. The rabbi would say go have a cigarette. He's saying yes. But we're talking about joints. We're not talking about. I don't know. Maybe maybe people do that. So let's just finish. We're running out of time. So we need to finish this. Then we'll discuss. So number one. So again. So so in general, by the way, now what he's saying, there's a certain. By the way, once you reach a certain level of uh, intoxication or high, whatever you want to call it, 
you're, you, you're exempt from mitzvah. So that's a different question, which is, I, I haven't found a good answer. I've always tried, I've been looking at this for years. Is there a problem putting myself in a situation where I'm going to be exempt from mitzvah? Yeah. Right? Is that an issue? Yeah. Why is that an issue? Listen, you're not obligated, so I'm now exempt from mitzvah. Let's say you're drunk. At a certain point of drunkenness, you're exempt. You're what's called a, you're just like someone who doesn't have the capacity, and therefore you're exempt from mitzvah. You're talking about the positive yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's say I go, let's say, can I go move to a community where I know I'm never, there's no shul there, I'm never going to have to pray with a minion. If I live in a community that has a minion, I'm obligated to pray with a minion. If I live somewhere where there's no minion, I'm not obligated. So can I put myself in a situation where I'm going to be exempt? Why, why is that a problem? Let's say I know if I do this Erev Yom Kippur, I do this, I go, I don't know, whatever I do, I'm going to be so sick. And Yom Kippur, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be exempted from fasting. Okay? So can I do that Erev Yom Kippur? Technically, yes. There's, is there a prohibition to put yourself in a situation that's now going to exempt you from its vote? Yeah. Who said that's a problem? So he seems to be saying it is. I haven't found a source, a clear source that says it. It seems to be an argument about this. So he's saying if you take too much pot, if you smoke too much pot, you're going to be so high, you're not going to be able to perform its vote. So who said that's a problem? So I won't be able to perform its vote. Now I'm exempt. I'm legally exempt. Allah is exempt. So he, but he seems to say that that's a problem. Another well, thing he says, yeah. Isn't exempt kind of a funny word to use here? Because oh, you are. I'm exempt from prayer if I can't exempt pray. Exempt means that, that that kind of implies that it's okay. It's almost like a positive. Like it's your okay. It's exempt okay. It's really not. Positive. Really, it's not, right? No, but exempt means I'm... Restricted. Restricted. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, I'm saying I'm not... the benefit of it. No, I'm not obligated to be told. we got to finish. Scotty, i got to finish. People are going to leave. So one second. So now number seven. No, this is not important. Number six. He says, elicits within the user a stronger desire for gluttony. Trust is the wayward son. So the Torah. That's not awesome. So the Torah. This is sort of the issue. The issue is like it's a gateway drug. Like you say, is by, by taking marijuana, it, it causes you to to want other stuff, right? So now this is you find this in the Torah. He says where the wayward son says if he eats a certain amount of meat, a certain amount of alcohol, so he gets he he. Uh, it, we, we actually it's a capital crime at the end of the day with the wayward son because that causes him taiva causes him gluttony so Moshe Feinstein says you see from here from the Torah that causing yourself gluttony if you do things which will cause you to be glutton that's a problem also that's not how the okay. Mm -hmm. okay so then he, number two he's, he's obviously talking about single people here he says it will, uh, their parents will be upset that's another reason you can't do it he says uh, you're causing uh, you're violating the mitzvah of kibbutz of uh, <laughs> Okay. Oh, uh, turn to a stoner. Number eight, oh, he says a violation of the Ram's understanding of Kedoshim to you. There's a, there's Man, a coming up in a few weeks, Parsha, the, the, Ramam, the Ramban says, Kedoshim to you, we have an obligation to be holy. Being holy means even things that are technically permitted, I still hold back from certain things. So again, really has to do with this concept of, of novel Bajusa Torah. The Ramban says, Nachmanani says, there are certain things that even though they're permitted according to the Torah, you can't find a prohibition, but still as a Jew, where he, this umbrella mitzvah of being holy, we don't do certain things. Certain things are obvious. We don't do, even if, uh, you know, you, you won't find Jews at the rodeo walking around with turkey legs. There's nothing prohibited about it if it's kosher turkey legs, but it's not. Uh, Jews don't walk around with turkey legs in the street. Okay? It's not a Jewish thing. Okay? 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 The point is, right, you understand, there's certain things, Tachmani says, that even though the Torah doesn't prohibit them, something that's it's obvious as a as we're a holy people we don't do certain things okay that's what he says so uh, 
I don't know if that's a good example of turkey legs, but that's what Moshe is saying. Marijuana, gotta finish. Marijuana is one of those things. Listen, we're not, we're holy people, we don't do it. Number nine, he says, induces the user to violate other mitzvot in the Torah. So again, this might cause violation. So I put it on the bottom, other issues, gateway drug. Uh, researchers have said that even in areas where medical marijuana is legal, most users obtain marijuana illegally. Driving, obviously, if you drive a, a high. But again, this could be applied to, to drinking too. Mental issues, depression, anxiety, addiction, diminished IQ over a long period of time. These are some of the things I found that studies have shown that marijuana can cause. So there are other issues, wow. but again, so medical use, what we're saying is no question, it can be done. Recreational use seems to be more problematic, halakhically. Thank you.